Numbers chapter 5, only four verses this morning. Only four verses. Numbers chapter 5, verses 1 through 4. Here's the word of the Lord. It says, The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Command the people of Israel that they put out of the camp everyone who is leprous or or has a discharge and everyone who is unclean through contact with the dead. You shall put out both male and female, putting them outside the camp that they may not defile their camp in the midst of which I dwell. And the people of Israel did so and put them outside the camp as the Lord said to Moses, so the people of Israel did. All right, let's pray together. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this chapter, this passage, um, these verses. We pray that you'd help us to understand them and to, um, and to, by the end of our study, be thankful for them. And, um, and I pray, God, that we would be even more thankful for Jesus um, than when we came in the building this morning, than we, when, we, when we woke up and, and flipped on Facebook this morning. I pray, God, that you would do a work in our heart, making us even more thankful for Jesus and even more determined to live for him and even more determined to tell other people about him. I pray that you do that in our hearts this morning. In Christ's name, amen. Command the people of Israel that they put out of the camp everyone who is leprous or has a discharge and everyone who is unclean through contact with the dead. Put them out. Put them outside of the camp. Can you imagine being a dad or a mom, a husband or a wife during this time period and, and, and having someone come to you, the leader of the tribe, say to you, your loved one has a discharge. They have to be put out of the camp. Your loved one has leprosy. They have to be removed from the camp. They can't be with you anymore. They have to be out. They have to go live in a cave or in their own tent far away. You're, you, 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 you did the right thing. You did the honorable thing and, and gave your, your, um, father a, a good, honorable burial. You're unclean. You have to be outside the camp. You can't come back until you're clean. Can you imagine living like this? I, at first, this is nuts, right? This is crazy. The, the people are just, the people are trying to obey God. They're trying to do what's right. They're trying to, to, to keep all the rules and get the tabernacle just right and get the camp set up just right. And they're trying to make sure that, that no one unauthorized comes in the tabernacle. They're trying to do all of the things that God has commanded. And then, and then one of them gets leprosy of no fault of their own. So a, a, a woman has her time of the month, a, 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 someone, a woman gives birth to a baby, just the, 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 the normal um, intimate marriage, you're just trying to take care of your, your deceased loved one, and you're unclean. you got to leave. This is an interesting system, isn't it? This is interesting. What is going on here? What's going on? Why, why are these people unclean? Now we, we, if you read through Numbers, and then there's a lot more about this in Leviticus, a lot more. Um, you can you can read like Numbers or Leviticus like 13 through 15 sometimes this week, and then just be thankful that I didn't decide to preach through that book. Um, but uh, we we get enough in Numbers, I think. Um, you read through this, and and you realize 
that this unclean and clean system, this, this being outside the camp until you're clean again, which for some people just never happened. Their, their leprosy never went away. There's a, there's a woman in the book of Luke, her discharge was there for 12 years. It, she never could come back into the, into the fellowship. She could never be with her people again. She could never worship God at the temple again. But, but for these people who are outside the camp, it doesn't mean, we never hear that this means that God doesn't love them, that their sins aren't forgiven, that, they, that, they, that God won't hear their prayers, that God won't protect them out in the wilderness all alone. We don't, we don't hear that God has kicked them out of the family, but they cannot be in the camp. And so we have this interesting system here in Numbers and Leviticus. We have this, this weird system. The question is, why? Why? This woman who gave birth, why is she unclean? This, this man who has leprosy now, he has a skin disease now, why is he unclean? This, this son who gave his father a, a, an honorable burial, why? 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 Some, some people will say, and, and a lot of people that I really respect say this. They don't, they don't say this is the major reason, but they'll say part of the reason probably, probably part of the reason was, was, um, was for health reasons. This is, um, this is a lot like the idea of quarantining or social distancing. We, we keep the people who have, um, a disease or, or who have germs who, or who could infect others, we keep them away. That could be part of it, but I mean, once you really start to study this, that sort of breaks down. That's, that can't be the major reason. For one thing, it's never said that that's the major reason. I think God would probably say. And then, and then also, the more you study it, the more, that, that just, there's a lot of questions if you go that route. So that could be part of it. Could be. Could be part of it. But that's not the main reason. What are the main reasons that we have this system, that God developed this system. What are the main, what is the system trying to teach us? There are two, two reasons that as we look at this clean and unclean system in light of all of Scripture, there are two reasons um, that, that God created this system. Number one, so that we can see how deeply sinful we are. And number two, so that we can see just how strong and kind Jesus is. Let's look at those two reasons. Those will be the two points to our sermon. First reason, first main reason we have this system here in Numbers 5, 1-4, through so that we can see just how deeply sinful we are. See, here's what's supposed to happen as you read these verses. As you read these verses, and, and this is what was supposed to happen for the people in the Old Testament. And it did happen for Isaiah. We're going to read a, a, a verse from Isaiah 64 where Isaiah gets it. He understands that this is that there's something much deeper going on. There's something much deeper going on. This is not just a, a surface thing. This is not just an arbitrary thing. God is teaching us something. And the, the thing that you're supposed to realize as you're, as you're watching this, this woman be, be cast out of the camp just because she's a woman. That's it. She woke up, she's a woman, she's out of the camp. I mean, things just happen to her that are unavoidable. It is just a normal part of her life. She's unclean. Here's a man who, who wakes up and he has skin disease. He didn't do anything. 
not his fault. It's not his fault. He didn't say, oh, I don't care about rules. I'm going to go hug every leper I see. He's not, he's not doing that. There's a, there's a, there's a, there's a old woman who, who woke up and in the middle of the night her husband had passed away. And she reached and shook him and said, wake up, wake up! And as they're burying him, she leans over one last time and gives him a, she's just being a person. She's being a human. And she's unclean. This is teaching us this is unavoidable. It's who we are. We are unclean. And eventually, it's going to show up. We are unclean. It is, it is who we are. When Paul says, when Paul talks about being born into condemnation, when Paul talks about this body of death, who will release me from this body of death? He means this, this body that is deep down, deep down sinful, down in a place where we can't fix. We are, we are sinful deep down in a place that we can't fix. Do you understand? This is teaching us that we are unavoidably sinful. You know, I'm not a sinner. Listen carefully. I'm not a sinner because I do bad things. I do bad things because I'm a sinner. It is who I am in my deepest, truest parts of me. It is how I was born. So that's what this is teaching us. This is teaching us that, that we are just unclean. And there's nothing we can do about it. It's not a, it's not a sin to bleed. It's not a sin to bleed, but bleeding reminds us that we are sinners. It's not a sin to suffer from leprosy. Leprosy reminds us. Any disease reminds us we are sinners. It's not a sin to, to, to wake up next to a dead body. It's not a sin. But death reminds us that we are sinners. These laws, this system shows us that there is something unavoidably unclean deep within us. And we're supposed to look at this and say, say, what can I do about this? How can I, how can I clean myself? How can I make myself pure? How can I make myself fit to be back in the camp, to be back at the tabernacle, to be back in the presence of God? How can I make myself good? And this is the problem. I mean, if a, if a person's discharge or bleeding or leprosy didn't go away, they were just out. There's nothing they can do about it. And we see all this over and over in the New Testament, don't we? Have mercy on me. There's nothing I can do about this. And we're meant to see as we look at this, we can't heal ourselves either. We cannot heal ourselves. We cannot make ourselves Isaiah captures this. He, he gets to the essence of what God is doing in Numbers chapter 5. He gets to the essence in one verse. He says, in Isaiah 64, 6, he says, we have all become like one who is unclean. What can we do about this, Isaiah? Can we do good stuff? No, he says. He says, and all our righteous deeds are like a polluted garment. I'm saying a lot of fun stuff in this sermon, and if you have questions, ask your mother. That's my thing. That's my thing. That's my thing at home. It's my thing here. Oh, what is this? Ah, go ask your mom. She loves talking about that stuff. Go ask her. So, um, 
but here's what here's what Isaiah is saying. Here's what Isaiah is saying. If you if you if you take if you find a a a person a person who is bleeding, a, a person with a discharge, a person with leprosy, and you say, you know what you need? You need some really nice new clothes. That's going to fix everything. That's what Isaiah is saying our good works are. That's what he's saying our good works are. Take them to the store, get them some new clothes. That's going to fix everything. That's what Isaiah is saying. Any attempt at good work that we might do is like putting on nice new clothes and, and soiling it from the inside out. Ruining it from the inside out. It won't take long for all of our stuff to seep through and people just know that person is unclean. That's what Isaiah is saying here. We can't fix it. We can't clean ourselves. We can't do it. You can, you can pile up as many good works as you want. Our sin nature is deep within us. And Revelation 21 has Bad news for us. And I love Christianity because Christianity, the Christian religion, Christian theology that we find in the Word of God is the only place that the only theology, the only doctrine, the only truth that's honest with us. That says here is the actual problem. Revelation 21, 22. It's talking about heaven. And it says, and I saw no temple in the city. For its temple is the Lord God, the Almighty, and the Lamb. And the city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it. For the glory of God gives it light. And its lamp is the Lamb. By its light will the nations walk. And the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it. And its gates will never be shut by day. And there will be no night there. They will bring into it the Glory and honor of the nations. This is going to be a tremendous place. This is going to be amazing. But wait. Verse 27. But nothing unclean will ever enter it. Nor anyone who does what is detestable or false. But only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. This is bad news. Isaiah says everyone is unclean. We are all unclean. And when we try to pretend like we're not, when we try to do good things, when we try to be nice to our neighbor and walk that old lady across the street and, and give to the charity and whatever, when we try to do the right things, it's like putting, it's like putting nice new clothes on a, on a leper who is rotting from the inside out. What can be done about this? Come back next week, find out. No, no, I have a second part to my sermon. Point two. Second thing we see as we look at this system in light of all of Scripture, second thing we see, we, we have this, we have this Numbers chapter 5, 1 through 4, we have this system of clean and unclean so we can see just how unavoidably unclean we are, how deeply sinful we are. We also have it so we can see just how strong and kind Jesus is. So we can see just how strong and kind Jesus is. The book of Numbers gives us the problem. We have the problem in Numbers. And that's not going to be the only time we look at Numbers and we mostly just see the problem. Thankfully, we can read the book of Numbers in light of the book of Luke. The book of Luke gives us the solution. I'm going to read a couple different passages from the book of Luke. Some of my favorite stuff here. 
I'm going to preach through the book of Luke one of these years, and it's going to take a year. It's going to be, we're going to, we're going to live there for a while. I love this book. Luke chapter 5, verses 12 through 14. This is Jesus. When he was in one of the cities, there came a man full of leprosy. And when he saw Jesus, he fell on his face and begged him, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I will. And when, when Jesus is saying, I will, there, that word for, for will reveals Jesus' deepest desire. Jesus has a deep, deep desire. It's not just like, Jesus, ah, that's a good idea. This is coming from deep within Jesus. He is a, he is a deeply compassionate person. He, he, he says, I will. Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him. Jesus touched the leper. He said, I will. Be clean. And immediately, the leprosy left him. And he charged him to tell no one, but go and show yourself to the priest and make an offering for your cleansing as Moses commanded for a proof to them. You are clean. Go go see the priest. Go back into the, the people of God. You are clean. When Jesus touches the leper, Jesus doesn't become unclean. The leper becomes clean. Luke chapter 8, starting in verse 40, says, Now when Jesus returned, the crowds welcomed Him, for they were all waiting for Him. And there came a man named Jairus, who was a ruler of the synagogue. And falling at Jesus' feet, he implored Him to come to His house, for he had an only daughter, about twelve years of age, and she was dying. As Jesus went, the people pressed around Him. And there was a woman who had a discharge of blood for 12 years. Unclean for 12 years. Out of the camp for 12 years. Away from the people of God for 12 years. And though she had spent all her living on physicians, Luke himself is a doctor and said, you know what? We, we couldn't help her. We could not help her. She could not be healed by anyone. She came up behind him and touched the fringe of his garment and immediately, immediately, her discharge of blood ceased. And Jesus said, Who is it that touched me? When all denied it, Peter said, Master, the crowds surround you and are pressing in on you. But Jesus said, Someone touched me, for I perceive that power has gone out from me. And when, when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling and falling down before him, declared in the presence of all the people, why she had touched him and how she had been immediately healed. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. This woman is going to go in peace. She hasn't had peace for 12 years. She is clean. She is clean. In fact, the wording there makes us think that not only is, is her body clean, But Jesus has forgiven her sins as well. She can now go in peace. This is what Jesus does. While he was still speaking, in verse 49 of Luke chapter 8, while he was still speaking, someone from the ruler's house came and said, Your daughter is dead. Do not trouble the teacher anymore. But Jesus, on hearing this, answered him, 
Do not fear, only believe, and she will be well. And when he came to the house, he allowed no one to enter with him except Peter and James and John and the father and mother of the child. And all were weeping and mourning for her. But he said, Do not weep, for she is not dead, but sleeping. And they laughed at him, knowing she was dead. But taking her by the hand, again, completely willing to touch that which is unclean, to be as close as possible to that which is unclean. Taking her by the hand, he called, saying, Child, arise. In one of my favorite verses in the Bible, and her spirit returned, and she got up at once, and he directed that some something should be given her to eat. <laughs> this little girl would, would fit in well at my house. We wake up, and we ask for food in my house. Jesus isn't afraid to touch the leper. He's not afraid to touch the woman with the discharge. He's not afraid to touch the dead body. Because when Jesus touches someone, they become clean. They become clean. He doesn't become unclean. They become clean. And so we have just this, we have this small picture in Numbers chapter 5 of how severely unclean and how utterly hopeless we are to do anything about it. And then in Luke, we have this beautiful picture of just how good Jesus is at making people clean. And here's the truth. Just like this leper, this poor woman, this dead girl, we were hopelessly unclean. So when we turn... I, please, please get this. When we turn to Jesus as our Savior, this will be, be super helpful if we can grab hold of this this morning. If, God, if God's Spirit gives us this new heart and He changes us from the inside out and we turn to Jesus as our Savior, when we trust Jesus as our Savior, when we look to Him for salvation, please listen, He's not just forgiving a big long list of sins. That is part of what He's doing, but that's not all that He's doing. He's not just, it's not just legal. It's, he's not just pardoning a whole bunch of deeds that we've done. A whole bunch of bad things. He's also making us clean before God. Our only, the, the, the bad things we've done is not our only problem. That's not our only problem. We had something deep, dreadful, deep within us. Deeply unclean. Unavoidably unclean. And Jesus has made us clean. We now stand clean before God. So, so you and I are going to... 
You and I are going to struggle with sin for the rest of our lives here on earth. We're going to. We're going to. And, I, and I'm also going to tell you this. Um, it's not in my notes because I wasn't exactly sure how to, how, to, how to say it. So I'm just going to try, and then if I fail, oh well. There's also deep within us the, um, the feeling of uncleanness. The feeling of uncleanness. Jesus has made you clean. He has cleansed you. You are clean. But we have some leftover feeling in there, don't we? We have some memories. We've got some regrets. We've, we've, it's kind of like, and this is just such a flippant, this is such a flippant illustration. I don't mean it flippantly at all. But have you heard about about um, people who have to have a have a like a leg amputated, and then they can still feel it, like years later they can still feel it. They they, they go to itch their leg and it's not there anymore. It's like phantom limb or something. It's kind of like that. You're clean. You don't always feel that way. I just want this, this passage to remind you this morning that, that yes, you're going to struggle with sin. But, but I want you to understand, you are not fundamentally unclean anymore. So, listen, you can now, you can now do good things. You can now do good things. You can now honor God. You can actually honor God. It's, we're, we're no longer this situation where we try to go and please God by His grace that we're just kind of slapping new clothes on a, on a, on a, uh, um, leprous, bleeding body. We're not just ruining it from the inside out. That's not who we are anymore. Yes, we're gonna struggle with sin, but we're not enslaved to sin. Uncleanness no longer rules and reigns in the deepest parts of who we are. It's true. We were outside the camp. That is who we were. And we were excluded. And rightfully so. But you have been made clean now. You have been made clean now. If you've trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, then then you know what? You're going to feel all sorts of ways between now and heaven. You're going to feel all sorts of ways. Feelings come and feelings go. But you're you're clean. You're clean. You can you can stand in the presence of God. This is what we need to tell unbelievers. This is, this is what we need to tell unbelievers. We need to, so that, cause the thing is, sometimes we, we just get, if we're surrounded by people who, who basically live essentially the same way we do, 
right? If we, if we, we live with, around people, our neighbors, our coworkers, our, our friends, our extended family, if they're basically, I mean, they basically dress like we do, they basically talk like we do, they, they make a lot of the same choices that we make, they, they sort of live kind of the way we do, they're, they, they're, you know, they, they, they work hard, they're responsible, they're kind to people, they, they try to, you know, they try to live with integrity, all that stuff. We, we can kind of just be fine with them. But, but to love them well means that we have to tell them, you, you stand unclean before God. These good things that you're doing, it's not accomplishing what you think it's accomplishing. To love someone means to tell them that, 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 that the good stuff that they're trying to do is, is like putting nice clean clothes on a, on a rotting body. You say, do I have to say it that way? No. But we have to get that point across. We gotta say something. Because this is the problem. And this is what we need to tell our children. I mean, it is really good to, to make sure that our children, our grandchildren, that they are respectful, that they work hard, that they're kind to their neighbors, that they're kind to their sisters and brothers, that they tell the truth. That's really good. But if we don't tell them that they are fundamentally unclean and they need Jesus, they need Jesus to save them. They need Jesus to make them whole, to make them fit for heaven. We are not loving them well. We need to tell unbelievers this and we need to remind ourselves of it as well. You're, you're gonna struggle with sin this week. You are. You're gonna, you're gonna face temptation. You're, you're gonna, yeah, you, you are. You're gonna face temptation. And that temptation, there, there are not all of them. Some of the temptations that we face are pretty surface level. They come and they go and they're pretty abnormal for our personality and, and it was like a momentary lapse and we can say, you know what, that's, you know, I, I, I won't do that again. And we can have pretty good confidence we're rarely ever going to do that again. But then we've got some other temptations that, that have hold of us, don't they? they? They almost feel, they almost feel like they're deeper than the work of Jesus. There are temptations in our hearts that almost feel like they own us. Jesus says, no, they don't own you. You're clean. You're clean. It's going to be hard. It's going to be hard. It's going to be hard work. But you can glorify God with your life. The grace of God is real to you. The grace of God is real to you. The Spirit of God is within you. Jesus has made you clean. That's the truest thing about you. Let's pray together. God, we thank you for your word, and we have, we have dozens of other things that we could say about this little set of verses. I pray, God, that you'd help us to believe the gospel. That you'd help us to believe the gospel and help us to remember, God, you, you haven't, through Christ, simply forgiven a whole bunch of stuff we've done. You've made us new people. You've, you've cleansed us. You've cleansed us. As deep as our uncleanness goes, your, your grace through Jesus goes deeper. Your cleaning agent goes deeper. We thank You for it.
pray that you'd help us, God, to live lives that are built on this truth. Yes, it's going to be hard, but we help us to believe firmly in your grace, in your good work through your good Son. We thank you for how strong, how kind he is. And I thank you that he didn't shy away from me, but that he made me clean. Thank you for the cross of Jesus Christ that makes all of this possible. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.